This is the MDRT Podcast. Whether it's a 20-something with cancer or a 30-something who slips in their hallway and is seriously injured, stories about clients who've experienced unexpected hardships can go a long way with clients and prospects. In this episode... Stephen Janoff from Bartons in Australia. Everett Fox, Richmond, Virginia. Brandon Green, Houston, Texas. Dana Mitchell, Toronto, Ontario. Discuss the benefit of using these anecdotes to help clients grasp the importance of protecting their income. So one of the clients I have, we had a discussion about care events and what maybe had happened in their life. And the dots just weren't connecting until I was able to explain a story of one of my other friend's clients. And I think that's an important point too. If you don't have the stories, you can connect with other people's stories. And so being able to illustrate that in our world, typically it's clients think it won't happen to them or they think it's going to be an accident and they just don't see that happening because maybe they drive safe or they eat healthy or what have you. And being able to explain a situation where somebody very, very healthy just ended up with a experience from a health perspective that didn't run in their family and then boom, they were just taken down and life just changed dramatically all because they had chosen to retain that risk instead of transferring it. The argument to the healthy thing is one of our youngest clients on claim, and probably one of the most severe, because if you've got a really young claim, then you've got a very long illness ahead of you and a long life. She uh, slipped in her front hallway. And people always say, well, what do people get? What is the most common reason for a claim? And what's the probability? And if the probability is one in a million and it's you, then that risk is really high to retain. But, you know, slipping in your front hallway when you're young and in your 30s and hitting your head and head injuries are really, really hard to recover from. I think of a friend that, you know, fell on the ice at hockey and and hit her head and is still struggling. And it can happen to a healthy person. Anything can happen is really the point from the slipping. And the way we frame income protection, it's not where we start. I think that's really important. We always talk about wealth accumulation, how are we gonna plan and save for the long term? And then it kind of comes in after. It's like, well, we spend a lot of time working on your wealth accumulation and we've got this great plan in place. What if something happens along the way? And, and tying that to a plan that's already, you know, you spent time working on, the client can see, okay, well, this is just a quick thing that we need to make sure that we look at. And it's backing up a whole financial picture. I think having an income protection pl- conversation that's not part of a plan would be really difficult and starting from that place would be difficult but I think if you start from you know the overall goals and an overall plan then it's an easier conversation to have. I think that's so key Dana because I always lean back a phrase that my friend David Allred uses and that is clients and even advisors tend to confuse probability with consequences. You know as an insurance carrier we're going to use actuaries to calculate probability and a client, again, going back to that example of I drive safely, I eat correctly. You know, if you back that up to a question, if uh, you were taking your child to the play, to the doctor, to school, is there any likelihood that you would not buckle them up in their car seat, in the seat behind? And, of course, the answer is no. But the probability that something's going to happen is quite small, yet the consequences are just unfathomable. And so if we can move that conversation to more of a risk perspective and help understand what the consequences are for non-action, then again, it brings the client back center to what the real problem is. Last year, 
at the annual meeting in Orlando, there was an MDRT speaks, and one of the messages from one of those speakers was about how money doesn't buy insurance, that good health does. So a good example of that, a couple of years ago, one of my first claim experiences with a, a young doctor who was only 24, he came to me only two months into work. He had an objective to buy his first house in the first couple of years of working. We set up income protection for him not soon after him working there and only three months into having that policy in place, he's given me the call and told me that he was diagnosed with testicular cancer. It really hit home because the hypothetical became the reality and for me to help him through that tough time when he was going through chemotherapy and he is now in remission, which is fantastic. But the the upside, of course, through helping him with that claim is now that him and his fiancée have bought their first home. And it comes back to that initial objective that income protection was important to him, but also was the objective to buy that first place. And if we couldn't tie the two together and there was that change in health and he hadn't been properly covered, he could have been in quite a spot of bother. A big part of what we do as advisors and agents is to help our clients identify any potential risk or or threat to their financial plan. And in my case, I really like to focus on protection, accumulation, and distribution. Well, in that protection phase, income replacement is one of the most important pieces of that, that protection phase, because if we put the life insurance in place and we put other products in place, but we don't protect the income, then how is it really possible to achieve those other goals? So I think income replacement is one of the first conversations I like to have with, with my clients. I can tell you the response clients have to the slipping and falling one is usually, oh my gosh, is that person okay? Did they have enough coverage? How much coverage do you have after hearing that story? And it really comes back to, I will tell clients exactly how much long-term disability I carry. I will tell them what my premium is. I'll tell them what riders I picked. And a lot of times when you share a story, there's a concern for the person. And then questions about, you know, well, what should I do now? Like what that could happen to me. And then, you know, sharing your own experience and um, you know what what you knowing that what you've purchased on your own is a really interesting insight but that's usually what they want to know yeah I agree with that and what Dana said there in terms of having your own coverage it's going to be very difficult to convince someone and have the same conviction that they should have themselves set up correctly with their risk protection if you don't have something set up yourself and if you are in that situation where after telling a story they like to uh, dig deeper in terms of that that particular claim situation or your own situation you want to make sure that you're being truthful and telling them that you do have the cover in place and you have always had that cover in place and that's one of the first things that me as a, as a financial planner that I set up as I was transitioning into a, a client facing role myself. What was a memorable time that you told someone one of these stories and thought they would be ready to move forward, but that wasn't the reaction? It's very common to not want to do it, and I think that's uh, our biggest challenge is inertia. It's easier not to change. And so to, again, bring them back full circle and explain the risk, and uh, you know, I find rather than having a discussion about what riders they can add, how much coverage they should have, if we move it back to traditional protection planning, the key is to make sure you can even have a conversation. And so that, that, that medical discussion of, hey, listen, we need to qualify for this before we can really have a design discussion, why don't we go through that initial step first? I just find that has a greater likelihood of turning into something that can become a more meaningful conversation. 
I actually share a personal story. I mean, I, I actually went on claim for dis- um, disability uh, during a period of time in which I was an athlete. And it, had it not been for that income replacement, then um, maybe I wouldn't have been able to take care of my family in the manner that I really wanted to. So I share personal stories, not only mine, but personal stories of other people. Thank you for listening to this month's episode. If you'd like to subscribe, find us on SoundCloud and iTunes at MDRT Podcast. We'll see you next time.